Welcome to the wrestling podcast that's not just for wrestling fans. This is Smark and Friends on the Two Finger Guns Club Network. My name is Zach and I'll be your host. We're breaking new ground on today's show with a new format for the podcast. Uh, We're going to be reviewing movies that are related to wrestling. There are, of course, lots of movies about wrestling or starring wrestlers, but uh, I've never actually seen many of them. I'm uh, not sure if that makes me a good wrestling fan or a bad one, but we're uh, going to find out together. Um, Kicking off this new format with me is one of the people directly responsible for the very existence of this podcast. She's one of the co-founders of the Two Finger Guns Club, as well as the voice of the Tribble, who frequents our neighborhood podcast Rocket Man Explores. Alexa Jordans joins me on the show. Um, as for the film, there's only one film I thought that was uh, truly apropos of this new format. It's a film where a major wrestling promotion had a heavy hand in producing it. Um, it's a film both heavily influenced by wrestling and in turn influenced major events in the wrestling world for better or worse. Alexa and I are watching the 2000 movie Ready to Rumble starring Scott Kahn, David Arquette, a few surprising upper-tier list actors, and of course, the wrestling stars of World Championship Wrestling. We're sharing our thoughts about Ready to Rumble, top to bottom, shortly after these messages. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. And we're back. Joining me today, she's one of the co-founders of the Two Finger Guns Club, which is, of course, the host of the Smark and Friends podcast. I'm welcoming Alexa Jordans to the show. Alexa, how you doing? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing okay, thanks. How are you holding up in all this uh, this COVID and pandemic and crazy new world we're all in? I mean, I feel like, uh, okay. <laughs> I feel like that's about the same as everyone's doing, but uh, enjoying the warm weather and being able to go outside while we have it and trying to not think about the winter too much. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's coming. It's coming. It's coming fast. Winter is coming. That is true. I've heard yeah. that somewhere before. Yeah, yeah. How about you? How are you making do in the in this new new world order? Oh, you know, I, it's all it's all the same to me. I work from home, and you know, I got this podcast as a hobby, and that's all very homebody stuff. So it's pretty uh, pretty simple. Pretty simple. Yeah, I mean, you do have two kids, though, so I'm I. Yeah, I mean, like for you on that. <laughs> don't get me wrong. That's a that's a challenge in its own right. But that'd be that'd be very present whether we were in a pre-COVID or post-COVID. <laughs> That's true. Are either of them old enough to be going to, like, preschool and daycare and stuff? No, nothing like that. No, they're no. just, uh... Oh, okay. Yeah. I feel like for the for the, for the the people with kids that have been affected the most, it's, you know, school's closed or daycare's closed, and, you know, that was a major change in their day-to-day. Absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, not so much here, so it's very, very straightforward. <laughs> Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's good to hear. Let's talk a little bit about Two Finger Guns Club. Uh, you know, we've, of course, talked in passing about this before, and uh, certainly I know the details, but uh, tell us a little bit about Two Finger Guns Club, how it came to be, and uh, yeah, what are the plans for, for what's going on these days? Uh, how did it come to be? Well, um, it started off as some jokes, and then <laughs> we decided to make it a real thing. If anyone wants to go listen, there's a an episode from our February 28 and 28 uh, with the three founders talking about the backstory. But um, we had some ideas for podcasts. Um, specifically, it was one podcast that we're still <laughs> we're still working on, uh, and we decided to give it a go. Um, the beauty of podcasting is that it's you know it's easy enough to get off the ground, yeah. um, even with limited resources, which makes it like a really fun thing to be able to do on our own and of course we're lucky that tina has as much experience with audio as she does and uh tina also had a um 
a lovely group of friends that just happened to be very talented in the podcasting sphere. And we ended up with you and, and Connor joining in. And so we've got uh, Smart and Friends, of course, and Rocketman Explorers. As for what we're doing next, uh, we're in the same boat as everyone. <laughs> Not quite sure exactly what the future holds. I mean, as you know, podcasting is relatively e- easy to keep going in the pandemic, but sure. it's just a little bit of like juggling it along with life yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, so we, there are some shows that we want to to make. We just finished Rocketman Explorers, so we're kind of in the planning mode of what what the next seasons look like. There was a show that came out of the February 28th and 28th that we also are working on getting out. Um, but again, it's kind of been affected as well by um, COVID. Naturally, and, yeah. You know, affecting other, like everyone's just, you know, everything. Their work, their life. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, that's kind of where we're at right now. We definitely had plans that were uh supposed to be coming to fruition like now or in the fall um so we're just kind of working on what that looks like now you know how how we can how we can make those shows happen yeah um in the current situation <laughs> no it's it's kind of funny like you know like you said uh, doing podcasting it's very bare bones you know there's very little resources needed but it can still be derailed like so uh so much i mean i miss our studio I miss recording yeah. from studio so much. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's that, but it's also some of the shows that we were trying to take on took on, a, they're a little bit of a different format in that it's more pre-planning and kind of getting people, like the one the one show we were, we were trying to do from the February uh, 28, 28 was uh, a show about swearing in different languages. Right, with um, Dora. Yeah, so what we were hoping to do was get people... Of different languages to come in and have conversations together and it that's just it looks very different if you're not inviting them to come into a studio yeah you know yeah so yeah it's it's it is we're lucky that we get to keep doing this in in the COVID era but yeah life is really hard to plan around right now <laughs> you said it you said it uh but there's still plenty of time to watch movies which uh which kind of brings yes. us to today actually um First thing I want to say is, like, I invited you to watch uh, Ready to Rumble, and the first thing I want to say is, I'm so sorry, uh, because, wow, uh, I, <laughs> I had never seen this film before, even as a lifelong wrestling fan, it's just something that I've kind of lapsed uh, outside of, and uh, this, was, this was something else. Um, you watched it uh, earlier this week, right? I did, I did, and I went into it with no, I didn't even watch the trailer. <laughs> I just jumped right in oh, okay. with no expectations. Well, I mean, that, that's that's certainly one way to, to kind of go in, but I kind of, I don't know. I'm not sure whether this movie serves going in cold or whether it serves better to <laughs> brace yourself. But, uh, you know, there there we go. Those are the two kinds of preparations had, you have. Had you ever watched it before? Like, it ha- was this a rewatch or a first-time watch? This was a first-time watch. I had never actually seen this. It's, a, you know, it's from 2000, uh, and, like, it's just one that I've... I don't know, kind of avoided. <laughs> <laughs> it screams 2000. Oh, also. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everything about it just was like a time capsule. Absolutely. And like, you know, even yeah. from like square one, it's uh, from like the first few scenes. It's very, you can almost imagine where the plot's going. You know, you, like you have your template of yeah. like what a plot looks like in a, in a buddy comedy in that era. I mean, like this, like in the instance of this movie, you know, it's, with Sean and uh, Jordy, played by Scott Kahn and uh, and David Arquette, they're hanging out in front of the Depanair that, or sorry, the the convenience store for those outside <laughs> of Quebec. They're they're hanging out. They're telling kids about the glory days of wrestling, and there's like some jerk of a store clerk who's coming out, who's not using the best language uh, by 2020 standards. Um, yes. Yeah, and then like, what's going on? Like he, uh, David Arquette, Gordy, he like hallucinates uh, from a sugar rush uh, when he goes to, like, confront the guy, uh, the, the clerk? I think so. I think so. I don't... I don't... I'll admit that I didn't really understand some of what happened yeah. in this movie. But, yeah, he, he has a daydream. 
Yeah. Or a sugar rush daydream hallucin. I don't know. Yeah, he goes in, he gets in the store clerk's face, and then, like, it just becomes a tag team match. Uh, Jimmy King, who's a fictional wrestler we're going to meet later on, uh, he's involved. Uh, the store clerk's partner is the Macho Man Randy Savage. Um, they do, like, a mock-up tag team wrestling match. Uh, David Arquette puts his head through a window for, like, literally no reason at one point. He breaks a fridge window with his head, um, which psychs him out to, I don't know, get the three count, and they both get the victory, um, being the first of many David Arquette victories in a wrestling ring. But it's, uh, yeah. It's- also, very importantly, Jamie King is the one that they love, is the wrestler that they love. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Jamie King, played by, uh, played by Oliver Platt. Yeah. 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 Which is a face and I a face that I recognized in a name I did not know. Fair, fair. Yeah, he's he's in a lot of things. Like he's a very like uh seasoned actor. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well there but this is the thing with this this movie is that it was pretty shocking how many recognizable people right? like actors yes. were in it. Yeah. yeah, we're going to get to some of those names later on, but like as the movie like rolled out and like the cast just continuously revealed themselves, you're like, "Wait, what? What?" Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like the hallucination stops, they they get ready to leave, and then the trooper shows up, uh the state trooper, he kind of like accosts uh Gordy and Sean. Um now I'm I'm a little lost at this point, Wait, like cuz I know Is that before or after he puts his finger up his actual bum oh, God. to get a free slurpee? I I blocked that out. Yeah, he There's so much toilet humor in this show. There's so much. There's so much and like Cuz they're literal like septic truck drivers. Right? That's what their job is. Yeah. So there's just non-stop poop jokes and it's something it, like I was really hoping like that first scene with him putting the finger his finger up his butt to get a free Slurpee uh, would be the yeah. end of it. But there's there's lots of uh, there's lots of poo humor to to really un- unravel in this film. It's a movie made for for dude humor. Yeah, yeah, like, definitely. Not even dude humor, like like little boy humor. Yeah, is what I felt when i was watching it exactly yeah yeah as you mentioned of course like they're 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 septic tank cleaners um you know we're introduced to that by them cleaning up the the porta johns um yeah the filmmakers just go into like they go out of their way to involve every disgusting detail that they can even if like the, the scene serves no purpose yeah just like little gross things leaking out of various pipes and and whatnot yeah that that grossed me out so much when they were eating oh, on yeah. the back of it, and there's just things dripping out. Uh, it's like, oh, why? It so gross. Why would you film this? Oh, man. So, again, they're, they're just going about their day. Then they set up, like, what they're kind of referring to as the prank. Uh, Sean's about to go into one of the toilets and warns Gordy, like, don't do it. You know, like a knowing kind of, like, don't do that. Uh, and, like, yeah. you know, Gordy's playing dumb. And then Sean warns him, like, if you do something, if you do something to me, uh, you know, it's going to jinx Jimmy King. Uh, if you do something yes. to me, Jimmy King's going to lose tonight when we go to Nitro. And honestly, at this point, I'm like, oh, my God, if this is going to be as disgusting as I think it's going to be, I I'm know. canceling this episode. Yeah. We're not going to record. <laughs> We're not reviewing. I'm not watching anything else. But it was actually pretty tame. I, know. I, I was that's what I was worried, too. I because I, essentially what he does is he he goes and gets a hose and then you're thinking, oh, oh, dear God oh dear god and what he actually does is that he i think what he does is he just does what they do to clean out the porta potties which is he like attaches it and sucks things out of the porta potty rather than pumping things in which is what i was expecting yeah and then he just gets like suctioned to the toilet seat yeah yeah there's just a lot of wind and you know it could have been a lot more um uh, textured particles up in the air, but it was really yeah. just toilet paper swing, uh, swirling around uh, on the screen. So it wasn't so bad yeah. as it could have been. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, I feel you. Yeah. Um, and I mean, while we're talking about the septic side of this, there's also the the crash on the highway. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> and then, I love and that. then the, the toilet, toilet paper, paper truck, truck crashes, crashes into, into it. it. By the way, is that truck driver Patrick Warburton? He's not credited, but it looks like Patrick Warburton. I didn't. I didn't catch that. If it was either way, yeah. Yeah. I, I also oh. love that this uh, this review has a septic side of things uh, that <laughs> I feel like we're going to be referring to several times. Yeah, uh, we sort of jumped ahead though. Um, the the trooper shows up 
which is an important part. Yeah, well, this is the, the thing. Like, way back at the convenience store, I wasn't sure if this was actually... It, like, are we supposed to know that's his dad yet or that's his family member? Uh, no, I think it. that's the twist. Like, yeah. that's the joke. Well, that makes it so much worse because, like, not only is he just, like, stopping and frisking for no reason, but he, like, full-on feels up his son there. Yeah. Does he only do his son or does he do both of them? Oh, uh, uh, maybe, it, you know what, you're right, I think. Uh, maybe it was just uh, his friend. But either way, like, this is, like, it was not okay. That, that's not, that's not better. No. It's it, not better to feel up your friend no, or your son's friend. No, no, exactly. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, they set that up and uh, it turns out, like, later on, uh, for, we find out for the first time, or maybe not, I don't know, I'm lost. Um, but Gordy, <laughs> uh, his family wants him to be a, be a cop just like them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. But that's really where, the, the, uh, as far as they explore that little dynamic, at least in the first act of the movie, because uh, right after they do that, we kind of like jump ahead. They're in, uh, they're at the, the wrestling show. They're at WCW Nitro. Uh, they're kind of kicking off with a tag team match, uh, and this is where the stars cart- start rolling out. And you're like, wait, she's in this? Yeah. Uh, Rose yeah. McGowan uh, playing one of the Nitro girls. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then I think the rest of them are actual Nitro girls, right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, like everyone else in, uh, well, not everyone else, but there's so many wrestlers who worked for WCW at this time. Uh, but yeah, some of them must have been uh, Nitro girls as well. Like, it, there were a couple of shots there where it seemed clear to me that she was an actress. Per, like acting like she's a dancer and the rest of them were dancers yeah yeah this was uh like she's 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 a great dancer don't get me wrong but there was just something different about them versus her absolutely um, yeah they had a uh, different yeah. different levels of skill which is not to like yes. down talk rose mcgowan's efforts or anything like that no. uh just also i have a lot of thoughts on that character but we can get to it later on oh um, yeah i have thoughts on that character yeah. as well i'm uh yes yeah. Again, a uh, product of its times, and that's going to be what I say about that for now, and yeah. it's not pleasant yeah. to watch. Uh, no. And then the stars keep rolling out. Joe Pantoliano uh, is, like, the wrestling promoter Sinclair, mm-hmm. and they establish him in... Uh, he's talking with uh, Diamond Dallas Page, who's challenging Jimmy King in the main event of that night, that they're going to double-cross Jimmy King and, like, change the finish of the match without Jimmy King knowing. Yes. Yeah, So, and we jump ahead, we get to that main event... Oliver Platt comes out, you know, he's, he's the king, he's Jimmy King, uh, he raps for some reason, he's the champion yeah. king who raps, and yeah, they get into the match, uh, as as they planned, uh, the promoter double crosses him, DDP and a whole, whole uh, gang of wrestling bad guys beat, him, beat up Jimmy King and uh, get the pinfall, all the while Sean is blaming Gordy because he did that prank at the at, at, with the vacuum. Uh, for jigsing yes. Jimmy King, and yeah, that that's that's the end of Act One there. So my thing with this, like one of my big things with this movie is that, well, I, there's a bunch of them, but like I, I was blown away by the the name, like the big names that were in it that they got to to play in it. Also the production value. Also like while the story is is terrible, it. It is good enough that it clearly, like, they clearly had some talented writers putting together a coherent structure. Like, it does sort of have a structure, but the one thing, one of the things that was confusing is that in this match, they kind of play up that it's all planned out. Mm -hmm. Like, they play up, like, there's a couple of shots, like, while they're doing it, and then he's like, oh, you should do this, and you should do this, Um, like, while they're in the match, uh, and Jamie, like, Jamie King is, is saying... Like, you should do this move next or whatever. And like, oh, good job. And then when he gets double-crossed, he's like shocked because that's not what they had planned. Yeah. And then later on in the movie, though, they have a couple of lines where they're where someone's like, wrestling is fake. And then they're like, oh, yeah, you think this is fake? And then they pull a move on them. And it's just this weird thing in this movie where it doesn't feel like they know what they're trying to say, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, there's definitely some tonal problems and definitely some confusion about the plot and which... Which world they want to live in, whether the world of wrestling is uh, is predetermined or whether it's like legitimate. Yeah, yeah, it's it's confusing. Uh, it's confusing to watch which uh, which one they decide, and I think they just kind of like, leaned into it and they're like, "We're just going to bounce back and forth, what, whatever's convenient yeah. to the scene." Yeah. Well, because it, it, especially in this part, because um, 
before the the show or before the match, you kind of see that maybe King isn't, you know, everything that the two fans that we're following as our protagonists think he is. Like, maybe he isn't that good of a guy. And, like, and it really feels like they're setting it up to be, like, don't meet your idols kind of movie but then it at the end that's not at all where they take you <laughs> that, and that would have been an interesting direction for the movie like if there's a remake that's uh that could be a, a way to go yeah uh, like but, yeah. but as you mentioned you know like that it, it's at that point where you know he loses the belt uh sean and gordy they agree they have to go find jimmy king for like I, I don't really know why they say they have to go find him but they do all the while like they find out by meeting his family that he's really not a great guy uh, his wife says he's no. trash his son says he's trash his parents say he's trash <laughs> and you know they finally meet him and like you say he's uh he's every bit the low life that they they believe him to be um and he's dressed like a woman for for what reason yeah yeah i'm so confused I, by that <laughs> they never really explain why he's dressed like a woman do they? He comes to the door and, like, pretends to be someone else because I guess he doesn't want to be found by who they don't establish. Uh, but, you know, he's he's hiding from... <laughs> but also, like, I just... There's nothing wrong with him dressing up as a woman, but there's also, like, less involved costumes that you can put on if you want to hide who you are. You know, like, put on a hat and, like, some sunglasses. Shave um, your beard. Yeah. Yeah, but instead he has his beard and a wig and a dress. And also, doesn't he have makeup on too? I think you might be right. Yeah. Yeah. Like you say, yeah. like, this is just, uh, it, this is one of the things that's just like, oh, ha, ha, it's a guy in a dress. How funny, funny. What yeah. a great world we live here in 2000. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Yeah. Which, which, you know, it, to be fair, that is 20 years ago, even though that makes me feel very old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, and then he basically cons them into going and buying him beer. Yep. In exchange for, like, five minutes? No, 30 seconds of talking to him? What is it? Yeah, something like five minutes. Uh, like, I don't know, a very short amount of time, which yeah. they use to kind of, like, convince him to uh, to come with them. Well, Gordy and Sean, who believe wrestling is real, want to help him get the championship back. And Jimmy King is just like, I just want to punch Sinclair in the face. Um, <laughs> so they, they kind of have... A mutual uh, plan, but their goals are not in line. Uh, yes, but yeah, that's that's the short of it. They they get a very short amount of time with him, and he convinces they convince him to uh, to go on a road trip and to go to I think they go to Atlanta, but you know wherever they go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they find Diamond Dallas Page and Sinclair about to have a match. Yeah, yeah. They they get right. to the arena. Uh, they've snuck, which septic step their septic job comes in again yeah you know like i actually appreciated that like it actually they called back to it as opposed to just leaving yeah. it all the uh all the you know i could have done with the initial use of like the septic stuff not be disgusting because then you know whatever they have a they have a job uh, you know whatever and it's gross sure but i don't need to see leaking pipes while they eat lunch but yeah you know like they they sneak him in he's in the porta potty DDP's cutting a promo, being rude to Jimmy King. He loses his temper and he jumps out. Uh, then there's a whole like whole fight. They're they're fighting. Sinclair is getting beaten up by Gord and uh, and Sean. And yeah, then then I don't know how this really happens, but it spirals into Sinclair just like arbitrarily agreeing, "Hey, you know we can't keep doing this. You're gonna get a championship match and also a million dollars." Like he's just like, why do you, why are you volunteering it's- all of this? It's because the the they he sucker punches Diamond Dallas Page because he surprises him, but the, it's in the middle of the promo, which is being broadcast to the whole like arena, and then they're fighting, and there happens to be a ref around, and then um, King yells at him to do his job, and then he counts him out as King being the winner, and that's why Sinclair jumps in and he says. No, 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 this doesn't count. It's not a sanctioned match. It's just not a sanctioned match. Like, Which match. makes you sense. Don't, you don't win. And then that's where he says, okay, well, like, we'll do, a, like, a match to the death or something. Yeah, yeah, the, um, the cage match. And, you know, yeah. I, 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 to that argument, like, the championship makes sense. But why would Sinclair just suddenly, like, oh, and also, you could also win a million dollars. Like, we didn't, yeah, you, yeah, you didn't need know. that. <laughs> 
No. I think, though, it's part of the thing where he's saying, like, it's going to be at the MGM, and it's going to be pay-per-view, and it's going to be... Yeah. I think that he, like, it's more about, like, him getting the fans at that point, but it is a weird... Yeah. Raising the weird, stakes. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, they have a celebratory party in a parking lot. Yeah, yeah. The after the party, girls. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's where Sasha's first kind of... Oh, well, no, this is actually the second scene with Sasha. The first one was with Gordy and Sean looking in the Nitro Girls locker room and saying naked yeah. things. And I was like, yeah. like, fuck Just off. creepy. It's so creepy, super creepy. creepy. Creepy, creepy, creepy. Also, none of them were naked. Like, they were in their underwear or their outfits. Yeah. But it was just weird. Yeah. We- weird and yeah. bad. <laughs> weird and bad. It was weird and bad. Uh, yes. And of course, yeah, it continues yeah. Uh, when the, when Sasha meets Gordy again at the at the uh, the after party there, and they just keep doing Sasha poses from po- various posters uh, back and forth at each yeah. other, um, which is yeah. a two thousand males idea of flirting, I guess. I don't. I don't know. I. I. Well, I think the thing. The one thing that I'll say, and I. I'm forgetting their names. What. What are the? It's Gordy and what's the other guy's name? Gordy is a. Yeah, Gordy is a David Arquette, and Sean is Scott Con. Sean. Yeah. So the thing. The one thing that I'll do is that, or I'll say this, that they do set it up really well. That Gordy is clearly the more out of touch one. That he like believes things. Like he's really gullible. Yeah. And Sean is a little bit more, like, centered. But we did skip over Sean's relationship with the fast food worker ladies. Well, I knew. That's the two love interest stories, right? So he has one, and there's a really hot blonde, and there's, like, a dorkier brunette who is also into wrestling, and the blonde doesn't give him the time of day, and that's the one that that Sean wants to ask out, and the brunette... Uh, is very kind to him and talks to him and likes the same things that he does. And he sort of, he doesn't ignore her, but he's not interested. Yeah. In all fairness, like the 30 second synopsis you just provided is more screen time than than that subplot was really afforded in the (laughs) entire movie. Yeah. But then, but then Gordy falling for, for Rose McGowan's character just was not surprising in any, (laughs) in any way. Um, because he's very much, like, the more gullible and kind of just less intelligent. <laughs> like, he's, there's something, like, he's he's a little bit, Sean is the one that is really, like, the planner, you yeah. know? The brains, um, and, the brains and the, well, the Gordy. <laughs> yeah. Do they decide to go on a date at the after party? Or how do they get to the date part? I think it's I just forget. kind of, w- once we get to that date, it's just kind of, we never saw. I don't think we ever saw him ask her out. Okay, he just says that he has a date, and then he brings her bananas. Yeah, yeah. And then, but just before that, um, this is from the uh, from the after party, uh, Jimmy King falls into a sewer, um, and they also yes. just by some sort of like convenient happenstance, uh, they rescue him from the plumber utility, you know, whatever. And upstairs is legendary wrestling trainer Sal Bandini. Cause so is he is he like a, a fictional character? Is he really a, like a famous trainer? No, no, he's he's based on a few different wrestlers. He's definitely like inspired by like Luth Rez and um, uh, Stu Hart kind of wrestler. Uh, but actually, you'll appreciate okay. this because I know you're a Buffy fan. That yes. that actor's name is Martin Landau, who is uh, Juliet Landau's father, Drusilla. Oh. <gasps> And you see, no. you see it in the eyes. They have the same eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you say that, I can, yeah, I can see that. <gasps> oh, wow. Wow. And anyway, Sal, uh, Sal agrees to, to train King. And yes, then we get to the date with the bananas and um, the weird and wrestling sex saying, scene. <laughs> yeah, her saying let's wrestle and him actually trying to wrestle her. And then her saying let's wrestle in the bedroom. And then it just cuts to weird squealing yeah <laughs> i don't know and before they go to bed together too like he uh, he fills her in about sal and like uh, jimmy king being trained by her uh which is kind of like the first clue of something you know coming on later and yeah then you know the scene yeah. transpires as we as we just described yes. yes yeah and then we do the the training montage yeah of course yeah they go to um 
they go to the gym to try to recruit Goldberg, uh, who is a real wrestler, try to get him in their uh, their posse there. Because he was one of the king's men. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, which is, yeah. you know, uh, which is one of the fiction. Well, it feels weird saying one of the fictional elements as opposed to one of the real life wrestling elements. But uh, <laughs> but yes, the, in the world they've uh, they've built, Goldberg is one of uh, Jimmy King's old confidants and allies. Yes. But we find out that King was kind of an asshole and double-crossed him and, like, wasn't a good partner, right? Exactly. You know, the the Jimmy King we've already been kind of introduced to in that regard. Also, isn't John Cena in the background of the gym? Good game? catch. Yes, John Cena is in the background. This is before he's even in the wrestling business. Really? Yeah, yeah. He was just an extra in the movie. He was, uh, he was like, before wrestling, he was, like, a bodybuilder guy. And, you know, that's, you know, they're at a gym. That's a, that's a scene for John yeah. Cena. Huh. Yeah, good, huh. really good catch. He's like, he's like I, kind of hidden. To be fair, I think that I read that he was in the movie somewhere, and then I like then it jumped out when I when I saw it. Totally um, fair. But there's also like, he's clearly being placed like in front, like he's he's closer to the camera yeah. than another actor, like extras. Yeah. Um, well, he's a good looking man. Yeah, I mean he is he is for a gym scene. He is a yes, absolutely attractive gym scene. <laughs> The gym scene ends anyway, and uh, Sal Bandini is attacked in his apartment by uh, by wrestlers Sid Vicious and Perry Saturn, um, who admit <laughs> they're doing it on Sinclair's behalf. Yes. Yeah, cuts to the hospital where they're attending to Sal. Gordy overhears Sasha on the phone, admitting that she double-crossed the guys, feeding the info to Sinclair. Uh, but, yeah. but this is what I wanted to jump back to. Oh. She already knew that Sal was training Jimmy King. And then she sleeps yes. with him. Shouldn't like you know if she was like really just trying to get yeah. get uh, get the info on them? Shouldn't you know those those scenes been flipped or whatnot? I, I don't know. I think that what they try to do later is they try to say that she actually did like him, but it's confusing. Like lots of the plot lines in this show, because on the phone with him with Sinclair, we also find out that Sin- like she and Sinclair are together. Like, they're in a relationship, and he made her go sleep with him to get that information, which, like, that was the most, that was one of the most, like, the hardest, even beyond the poop falling out of the septic tank while they're eating food. That was one of the hardest parts of this movie to, like, watch was that she basically was, like, sold out by her boyfriend, and then to go have sex with someone else... And it's not, like, super clear if she wanted to, because she was like, can I leave now? And he's like, no, you have to stay there. Yeah. But, like, at the end, when this, when they find out, when it's revealed, no one really blames Sinclair. They only blame her. That's, yeah, that's, uh, that's a problem. Like, it just, it's, it's just really hard to stomach that part. (laughs) I, yeah. Which, like... I mean, I, I remember that from lots of movies of, of that time, of them doing that, but, ha- like, right now, watching that, it's just, it was, yeah, yeah. it was just... I'm glad that we, you know, as as audience participants, uh, know better these days, but it's, uh, it, it's, it's not comfortable to go back and watch that kind of um, treatment happen. No. But, so, she gets called out kind of right away at the hospital, right? Yeah, yeah, they're about to hit the road, go back to uh, Jimmy King's hometown, um, and she wants to come with them, and she says, uh, no, we have to go get Jimmy King's heart back, and and you don't have one, or something to that effect, some, like, really cheesy 90s line. Um, Yes. Yeah, and they hit the road, they go back to to Jimmy King's wife's uh, house, and you know he promises to to get get the money and like you know win the match and uh, do right by his family, uh, including his son, who's got like really intense braces. Um, <laughs> yes, who the uh, Gordy and Sean call the prince, of course. Yeah, the prince, the prince. That's true. And you know they finally get back to like the barn where they're going to train or wherever it is, and then Gordy's dad shows up uh, to take Gordy away and make him into a cop. Yes, so Gordy leaves and Sean and King do a training. Yeah, they're yes. training a posse, which again, like, 
one of the many subplots that really just goes nowhere. This was a montage for no real oh, yeah. sake. Where does the posse never comes in, really? No, it doesn't at all. Like, they, uh, they're oh seen... God. I forgot about that. Yeah, they're seen, like, just by the entrance uh, before Jimmy King comes out, but that's the last you see of them. That poor woman, too, who was in the posse, and all she does is dress like a like a really shy farm girl and then take off all her clothes and have the most obnoxious, like, fur-lined bikini thing on. Yeah, I mean, like we say, like, the scene has no point, but by 2000 filmmaking logic, that was the point of, uh, of that scene, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. He finds a posse, which then he never uses. Which he never uses. Oh, and then we get a really we get a really important scene of, of them leaving. Oh to yeah, go yeah. to the match. Yeah, we go back and to the of course, subplot there with Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. where he, he turns down the the blonde from the the fast food restaurant and discovers the the value or recognizes the value of the girl who you know, shares interests with him and was always nice to him. Yeah. Which is kind of sweet. Very That's sweet, kind of yeah. a sweet line. Yeah. Then they go have like five minutes of sex in the RV and then he stops a few like meters down the road to drop her off in only a, a duvet. Yeah. Like, like she's wearing a, she's wearing a wrestling blanket. Yeah. 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 And you know, <laughs> I guess we have to assume that he stole her clothes too. Yeah, I well, it just it just looks like they just they just finished having sex, and then he was like, "Okay, we got to get out of here." <laughs> and then, because he's also naked, to be fair, like it's not like he's fully clothed. He gets out, and they're wrapped in the blanket together to make it very clear that they just had sex. Yeah, and then he walks back to the RV naked. <laughs> yeah, and that's another plot that just kind of like ends somewhat arbitrarily, and that's like the end of that oh. DC of those two. We do, we do get a nice bum shot of him. So that's, I mean, it's a little equaling out all the like gratuitous women body shots. That's you know? true. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> a, li- maybe, a little bit maybe, of balancing. Yeah, a little, a little parody. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and you, you forgot, we do circle back to that plot line one last time at the end where there's a shot of her screaming in the, the oh, fast food restaurant that she loves she loves him. That's true. That's true. I forgot about that. Like that all, that all happens very quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but you know, uh, that's, that's where the, like the next scene goes. They get to Las Vegas. Uh, they're going to the, uh, the MGM grand to do. And here's actually another thing. This is a very subtle detail, but the event that they're attending is called Royal flush, which I thought was very clever. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And anyway, backstage, uh, Sinclair, he's blackmailing uh, WCW legend Sting. Uh, Hi, Sting. Nice to see you showing up at, like, the <laughs> end of the third act of the movie. Uh, Sean is with Jimmy King. He's uh, he's there acting as, as his manager. Gordy is still not there. He's really committed, uh, more or less against his will, to become a cop. Cage match starts. We reveal it's a triple cage match, which is three cages stacked on top of another, with the championship this... belt hung at the top. Sorry. Is that... Is that a real thing, though? Like, is that an actual setup for an actual match? It wasn't before this movie, but because this movie was heavily cross-promotional with WCW, they did do one of these matches. Um, and in really? Fact, and in fact, the person defending the championship in that match was David Arquette, who had won the championship by some ridiculous scenario concocted by the WCW management at the time. Oh, yeah, I forgot. He was actually in wrestling matches wasn't he yeah and you know he's still doing wrestling matches like i i give him a lot of credit because he's kind of like doing this whole like fish out of water character uh, so to speak but he's like he definitely respects wrestling and i respect him for that too it's just he's he's fun he's fun to watch he he really is Yeah. yeah props to him for the you know the commitment long term yeah and uh so yeah the match is going on the bad guys run in um uh, you know, Jimmy King's fighting off multiple people while uh, while Sean handcuffs DDP to the uh, to the cage at one point. Uh, one of the mm-hmm. bad guys is Jimmy King's son, who mm-hmm. you know reveals himself, and that's pretty much the end we of him we see in this movie. Like, there's no fist fight between <laughs> them because more bad guys run out. They lock the cage door behind. Uh, good guys come out, try to get uh, into the cage, all led by Goldberg again. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. of course, uh, Sean comes back. Sean, uh, excuse me, Gordy comes back. He is uh, 
dressed as a cop. He's riding a motorcycle. He's running through the cage door. Kid Rock is playing. Uh, and he just like wipes out Jimmy King's son with the motorcycle. And again, that, that sentence that I just said has no redeeming qualities, but it is my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kid Rock, yeah. Baba Daba, cop on a motor motorcycle, wrestling <sighs> ring, th- triple cage. Ugh. It's a lot. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot, yeah. And he also, like, has, has, like, taken his cop uniform, but, like, has ripped off the sleeves. Yeah, he's made made it it a wrestling gimmick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, uh, so yeah, the match carries on. Um, uh, King and DDP, they fight up the cage. Uh, Sting swings in, makes the save. Uh, King slams DDP and he collapses through three different cages and he grabs the title belt for the win. And uh, that's a- yeah, he slams through metal link cages. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, with a simple body slam too. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, you're still falling on your back, but by wrestling standards, that's one of the more kind of tame, uh, tame maneuvers, more standard maneuvers. But it's also on cages that they have been standing in the same spots that he falls through, yeah, like, like before, and it didn't give out. Exactly, all three cages. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. it's cinema. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah, he's uh, he the match ends. He's celebrating in the ring with uh, Gordy the Law and Sean Sugar Daddy, as uh, they are now part of the wrestling business. Oh, we we forgot one part of the scene where um, they get to knock out Rose McGowan's character. Oh, yeah. Because she's standing too close and gets hit by a ladder. Yeah, yeah. I forget who's spinning the ladder, but... She's, she's like, coming up to uh, Gordy to say, Oh, you know, I really like you. Like, you know, I'm really impressed by what you're doing. Let's get together. And then she gets hit in the face by a ladder because apparently that's what she deserved right like uh, and like what's the worst thing that happens to Sinclair? he gets carried away by the audience no no real standard traditional or not even slapstick violence happens to Sinclair. he just gets kind of carried off by an audience yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and Diamond Dallas Page gets carried off bloody yeah and unable to walk yeah, uh, you know what? Like, thank you for keep uh, keeping us uh, on point with uh, with Rose McGowan's char- character because, like we said, it's not a comfortable thing to watch, and to a degree, I've kind of perhaps blocked it out. <laughs> blocked it out. Well, it's just yeah. It's I mean, it's one of those things where like I can tell what they were trying to do, but it just it it stands out so blatantly now watching it because it's just at the time everyone had been like, of course she should get hit in the face, but now. <laughs> I would hope that more people would think that that's a bit off. It would putting. definitely be approached a little bit uh, differently, as you say, hopefully. Yeah. Well, and also they could have done a lot of cool things with that character, right? Like, Absolutely. If she really is being pushed into that, then have, you know, have Gordy be her savior if you want and, you know, get her out of that situation and have Sinclair get hit in the face, you know? That would have been um, a much better movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing with this movie is that, like, they clearly have had a lot of money to get some talented people involved, and it still isn't, it's, so, it, like, it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be, but, and it, and it holds up to, like, other comedies of that era that I remember, Yeah, but it still was terrible in so, so many ways. Which really just says all you need to say about movies of that era, buddy comedies of that era. But yeah, it's just, it's like these weird things, these weird choices that they, it looks like they're building towards one thing, and then they're like, no, we're not doing that. Exactly, you know, like, uh, the posse's redundant, uh, Jimmy King's son, there's no resolution with him, and like, the movie just kind of like, ends where it started, they're in front of the convenience store except now they're friends with goldberg and jimmy king and they can beat up the uh, convenience store clerk and drive away in hummers and stuff (laughs) it seemed implied that sean was now with one of the nitro girls and not the like the um yeah yeah i just dropped that yeah again another plot entirely dropped (laughs) the one thing that i will say that was kind of a nice touch is that they have jimmy king's parents come and watch and then in like 
a montage of, you know, shots of people cheering him on. They also show his parents, like, really cheering him on and being supportive. And, like, that was a kind of nice touch, like, resolution to their their pl- their storyline. A little um, bit of, uh, yeah. of redemption uh, somewhere in this yeah. movie. <laughs> uh, but overall, you know, top to bottom, we just discussed uh, the, the entire three acts of, uh, of Ready to Rumble to... Uh, to a degree yeah. which is the film is worthy of. Uh, wh- what do you think overall? I was expecting less talented actors. I was expecting lower production value. And I was expecting the plot to be worse. But I was constantly confused about the weird decisions made with the plot and how they kind of just started to jump. Oh, we didn't even, oh, we didn't even talk about the hacker. The hacker that is on like a MacBook and and goes onto like an HTML, like old school website and then immediately finds Jimmy King's full address. Yeah, the hacker's planet, I think the website was called. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that MacBook and that website just made me laugh. And then, of course, uh, also very important, Sean is dancing in the background and singing along to Britney Spears' Hit Me Baby One More Time. You know, I'm sure that was, Which, in, the, that was in the trailer. I bet you anything. Like, that's like a typical for sure. 2000 trailer shot. But also, I bet you that shot was expensive because they were, they would have had to get the rights to that song. And that song at the time was huge. And and they had a MacBook, and MacBooks are not cheap they now, the, and they, they weren't the cheap back then. Money from the product placement of the MacBook to pay for the Britney Spears song. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they were paying, like, they're, I mean, I don't know how big wrestling fans, the people at Apple were, but there is a possibility that they were, that was not, they were paying to be able to put that in their movie. That's very know? possible as well. Do you have a rating for for your your take on or your oh my your take? Uh, yeah, I feel like you need to to come up with a rating system for these episodes. Oh, <laughs> so okay. let's let's say how many? Uh, I was gonna say how many like uh, septic tanks. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with it. Let's let's go with that uh, septic tanks. Uh, well, you know what? Like this movie. Wait, wait. Wait, 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 before you start, is a full septic tank good or bad? <laughs> I think I'm gonna I think my thoughts on the what a septic tank is worth are gonna articulate as I <laughs> formulate my final thoughts on the on the on the movie. Um like this movie can be highly improved by taking out a lot, which you know we've explored at length with Rose McGowan's character. Um and I also don't know who this movie was really intended to because, like, <laughs> as a wrestling fan, I thought it was making fun of me. Um, and also, like, the the actual wrestlers in the movie, aside from, like, DDP and Goldberg, aren't really giving, given much. And I'm not saying, like, them or other wrestlers would be particularly good actors, but there's, like, an opportunity for some humor that I don't think they really uh, capitalized on uh, in using all those wrestlers. Um but again, the plot is actually like pretty for for a uh, for a buddy comedy. It's like you know mildly imaginative. I think there's some potential there. Um, I would watch a remake, uh, but ultimately, like this movie on its own, the excessive toilet humor, like the the use of Rose McGowan's character, um, and again, just not really capitalizing on the potential of doing a comedy with uh, with well known professional wrestlers i am giving this four septic tanks and uh <laughs> yeah septic tanks are pretty bad in this scenario wait is it, it four septic tanks out of out how of many five out of five tanks? okay yeah okay again the redeeming qualities prevent it from getting that fifth septic tank so <laughs> it gets a full four two, two four fully loaded two capacity septic tanks <laughs> A fully loaded septic tank is one of the most disgusting, like, strings of words that I've heard in a long time. <laughs> um, I love I love the ranking. I love the ranking system. I also, you, you make a really good point. I don't know who this movie was made for either. I can tell you that it wasn't made for girls. Yeah, no, definitely. In general. No. It, 
it was made for, like, boy humor, but I kind of feel like it was made for, like, young boys. Yeah. Like, teenage boys, maybe? And that might be the thing of, like, it wasn't actually made for hardcore wrestling fans, but it might have been made for, like, young boys who are into wrestling, but not that into it, you know? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, they... It... Which is a weirdly specific audience to target and this must have cost them a ton of money to make so it's yeah it's it's confusing yeah i'd be very curious about the budget myself um but you know i think that was trying to i don't know when dumb and dumber came out but i like it made me think of dumb and dumber a lot and not in and i love dumb and dumber like that's an example of like kind of gross humor like going in a better direction i suppose but they tried to be dumb and dumber with wrestling and it's a very they targeted a very niche market, and I don't know where it was gonna. What the goals of the film were? Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think though the one thing that we do know coming out of this is that you need to write a remake. I think that's what we we landed on, and maybe maybe that'll be in the future for some more Smart and Friends episodes. Is we'll do a radio play remake of Ready to Rumble. My jaw is on the floor. I love that idea. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess it I know what I'm fun. doing tonight. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we're we're coming up on the winter, <laughs> the COVID winter. Um, so we all need to have things to keep us busy. I like that idea, and I think I'm going to move forward with it. Well, you heard it here first on Smart Good Friends, an exclusive sometime in the future radio play, ready to rumble. Alexa, where can the audience follow you and Two Finger Guns Club on uh, on social media? Um, you can follow us on, uh, Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, um, at Two Finger Guns Club, um, at Rocky Man Explorers, at Smart and Friends. Any of our big news will be on our Twitter and our, um, Facebook especially. Um, yeah, we're just all over the place. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for being part of the show. Thanks for having me. This is great. That was TFGC's Alexa Jordans joining me in talking about Ready to Rumble, a film I will not be watching again in the near future. Oh, damn. To each their own. If you liked it, I don't want to down-talk your tastes or anything. Again, to each their own. Taste is subjective. But man, this did not do it for me. As mentioned, Alexa spoke with our TFGC co-founding peers, Alex and Tina, during our 28 in 28 campaign back in February. So if you want to learn more about our growing network that they're building from the ground up, check out wherever you get your podcasts by searching 28 in 28 Meet the Founders. Another episode I invite you to check out is uh, subject to the cross-promotion WCW did with this film, I want you to check out the very first episode of Smart and Friends. It's called... Does Judy Bagwell have Stockholm Syndrome? Uh, in which I'm joined by Bean Duck Productions' Benjamin Warner to watch the infamous Judy Bagwell on a pole match, which, of course, features a run-in by David Arquette. Uh, did you like our review? I hope you did, and I hope you'll visit ratethispodcast.com slash smarkandfriends and shower us with your kind words. Follow Smark and Friends as well as the Two Finger Guns Club on Facebook, Instagram, on Twitter. We're all very easy to find with the search engine. Uh, and thanks for joining us. We hope you'll tune in next week for a new wrestling watch along that I'm excited to share with you. Till then, friends. This has been a Two Finger Guns Club production. Pew, pew.